When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Here you go. Here you go. Sixty-five. That's the nothing personal number of the day for February twenty-seventh, two thousand twenty-three. No, I did not age ten years this weekend. It was just double nickel. But sixty-five is what we're going to be talking about today with Manny Machado. He did it. I mean, really, Dan Lozano, his agent, did it. But Manny Machado has signed a massive extension with the San Diego Padres. Let's go back. Just a couple years ago, Bryce Harper, free agent, represented by Scott Boris. Manny Machado, free agent, represented by Dan Lozano. Dan Lozano and Scott Boris are rivals. Dan Lozano, one of the top agents in baseball in terms of his clients, the amount of money he's made for his clients. Scott Boris, one of the same. Obviously, you've heard me talk more about Scott Boris because Scott Boris is about Scott Boris, where Dan is about getting his players the most money possible. And when he said he was going to get Manny Machado $300 million, he looked for the best minor league system he could find and said, San Diego, how about you for $300 million over 10 years? San Diego said, sure. This is part of the new Peter Seidler plan we're in. Bryce Harper signs for 13 years with the Philadelphia Phillies, no opt-outs, no no-trade clause, or a no-trade clause, meaning he is married to Philly, period, end of sentence, $330 million over 13 years. Let's fast forward. Part of Manny Machado's contract, through some miracle of God or ability of Dan, the Padres agree to an opt-out. An opt-out after five years. After five years, Manny Machado can shop his deal and say, has there been inflation? Check. Has there been movement in the market? Check. Has there been a recovery from COVID? He didn't say that in 19, but check. Are there teams spending like 
drunken sailors. Not a lot, but check, 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 check. Those are the five teams. Manny Machado has an entire PR plan from Dan Lozano that is executed to perfection. Here's our plan. We're going to announce that we're going to opt out at the end of this coming year. Everyone's excited about the deal, about our team. I love being in San Diego, but believe you me, there's been changes in the market. There's been inflation and I am opting out. I have a deadline of February 16th. And if you don't give me a good deal by then, I'm leaving. You start negotiating with the Padres and here's what you do when you're trying to make the most money you can. You tell the owner the one thing he doesn't want to hear. I am the name on the back of the jersey that everyone loves. I'm the face of your franchise. You talk about wanting to win a World Series, bringing in Xander Bogarts. You're meeting the media during spring training, saying and promising all these great things. And you want to be distracted by my opting out. And let me tell you, if you don't sign me by the 16th, I'm gone. Hard stop. Great. We will offer you a five-year, $105 million extension. Wow. If you give me an extra 105 million over five years, that means it really is a 15-year contract and I'll be at 405 million over 15. Bryce Harper got 330 over 13. I'm better than Boris. Nope, not good enough. We don't want 105, we want more. Well, that's really quite a fair extension if you think about it. Yeah, but hold on. If we opt out, I'm going to be 31 years old. I'm going to get a 10-year deal because everybody's signing players till they're 41. I'm not going to be good till I'm 41, but don't get me wrong. You're signing me till I'm 41, some team will do, because they're going to spread out the luxury tax, hit on the contract. It's everything's perfect. Don't worry about production in the later years, but I'm getting a 10-year deal. And I think that I can get 10 years at 300 again. So therefore I would be at $420 million because I've gotten paid $120 million up to now from the Padres, four years at 30. Stay with me. I'll play next year for you, which is this year at another $30 million. So now I've gotten 150. I'm gonna get 300 million from someone else. That's $450 million. So at a minimum, I got to get to a total of 450, which means you're going to have to give me at least 150. Good conversation. Are we good? Wait a minute. Manny, Dan, are you saying that there's a chance that you're really going to opt out and then we're not going to be able to negotiate? That can't be true. Let's keep talking. I told you February 16th is the deadline. Well, do you really mean it? Here's the thing about deadlines. If you don't actually mean it's a deadline, then don't say it's a deadline because we're gonna pick up on it and we're not gonna treat it like a deadline because deadlines is when deals get done. Get it? It's not called the trade deadline because they couldn't find another word in the English language. The deadline means if you're not done by that time, you're not able to do it. Get rid of the August 31st trade deadline and then if you're not done by the July 3rd, August 1st, August 2nd deadline in baseball, that's it. Basketball, same. Football, same. But when you say deadline for an extension, there's no deadline for that. The deadline is by the day that Manny Machado would have to opt out of his contract, which is until after this entire season. 
So these deadlines that players do, these deadlines that teams do, it's absolute horse hockey. So Manny says, well, Dan says, Manny says, they both say deadline. But any other thoughts, Petey boy? And Pete says, I can't, you're my top priority. I just went public. I just said, you're my top priority. I met the media. And I've talked about the fact that we're bringing a parade here and I wanna bring multiple parades and I wanna be competing for championships for years. And I've said that you're the number one guy. You're the face of the franchise. Hey, Juan, don't pay attention. Hey, Xander, welcome to San Diego. You're new, you're not the face, but man, we're happy to have you. Juan, you still got another year. Let's worry about you later. Shohei, we're coming for you later. You can't be the face of us, you're the face of Anaheim. Manny, you're my face. Have you ever noticed that the top priority of an owner who's totally irrational is always the current guy who's being negotiated with? Players like to hear it. Who doesn't want their ego fed? You're my man, man. So they keep talking, go back and forth. And if you're a player agent, you do not negotiate against yourself. If you're a team, you're not supposed to negotiate against yourself. And what that means is you do not make an offer to a player and then make another offer to a player without having gotten a counter offer from the player because then you're negotiating with yourself. Hey, I will give you $11,000 for that used car. Two days passes, there's no response on Facebook or eBay or wherever you're doing it. And then you write back, hi, I will give you 13,000 for your car. Wow, two extra grand for what? How do you know he wouldn't have taken 11 because he didn't respond when you wanted him to respond? So you do not ever change your offer to a player without hearing. And if you're a player and a good player agent, you just take the offer of 105 over five and say no. You don't give a number because that's what the owner wants you and needs you to do. You say, I'm not even responding to that. We're opting out and believe me, we've gone to other teams and we know that we're getting an extra three to $400 million once we opt out of your deal. Guaranteed because, and this is the part where owners have to close their ears. What Manny did last season is just the beginning of Manny being Manny. Not only is he gonna replicate his season, he's gonna beat his season. Take a look at how he did against these opponents. It's now an unbalanced, excuse me, four, eight, 69. It's now a balanced schedule. We don't play the Dodgers as many times as we did. He didn't have such great, and I'm making this up because it's part of the joke. He didn't have such a great time against the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, but we're playing him less. So I'm telling you now that we get to play the Royals, Manny's season's gonna be even better. So when he comes out into the free agent market, he's gonna just get a hair under Otani because Samson did a wait to see on February 20th of 2023, correctly stating that Machado's not gonna sign until Otani signs. And when Otani gets 500 million, we're gonna nuzzle right under him. Just a little bit under him. But no response to your 105 over five. Peter Seidler panics. Can you imagine having the payroll the Padres have and panicking? G-M-A-B. And here's how the panic call goes. I've made them. I've made those calls to agents that are horrible. They're so bad because you know you're totally getting screwed. You know you've lost the negotiation. The fact is you know you're getting the player. You know the owner told you you have to get the player. And you know that you've got nothing. The absence of leverage. 
anti-leverage, like anti-freeze. You pick up the phone and you say, hey, Dan, yeah, it's AJ. How you doing? You good? Where'd you go out last night? How's Manny doing? Yeah, he's here. He looks great. Everything's great. Everything's great. All right, we got it. We got a thought for you. Um, we'll go to 170 over five. Hey, thanks a lot, AJ. That's a nice offer. We appreciate that. We'll have to get back to you. God damn it. We just negotiated against ourselves and they still didn't say yes. Dan hangs up the phone with AJ, calls up Manny and says, Manny, 65 is alive. I just got you 65 million more dollars. Wink, wink, we would have taken the 105 because there's no way you're gonna have as good a season this year as he had last year, but you just got an extra 105 million plus 65. Don't take it yet. They never say, we'll take it right now. Never in a negotiation when someone gives you a number, you just say, all right, I'm in. Sounds good. I'll take it. Great. No, you say, I got to get back to you. I got to speak to my owner or the agent says, let me talk it over with Manny. I'm meeting. This is another very popular thing that agents say. I love this one. It makes me smile. I'll be meeting with Manny and his family tomorrow at 11 a.m. Oh, so you're not going to call him the fact that we just raised our offer from 105 to 170 over five as an extension to the current 10 year, $300 million deal. You're not willing to do that. You're gonna wait till tomorrow? What, you wanna deliver it in person like Jerry Maguire? How about a fax? All right, call him back right now. Call him back and say, you've got a deal. AJ calls Peter Seidler and says, we've got a deal, we did it. I loved calling the owner to tell him we got a player signed when there was no chance we wouldn't get the player signed because we gave in to everything the player wanted. It's absurd. So there you go. Manny Machado has signed an extension. He is gonna get 11 years, $350 million, but don't misunderstand. It's not really 11,350 because he already had, still left on his deal, six at 180. Therefore, it's a new deal of five and 170, which is $65 million more than what Peter Seidler wanted to give. So Manny Machado is a Padre. Everyone's all excited. Manny walks into the spring training clubhouse. He looks over at Juan and Juan Soto looks at him and says, hey, how you doing? Spreads on you. I'm only making $23 million this year. You just got yourself an extra 170, 11 years, 350. By the way, your guy Lozano crushed Boris, crushed him. Bryce Harper ends up at 330 and Manny Machado ends up at 470. And they were free agents at the same time. Take that, Boras. You got schooled by Lozano. Absolutely schooled. Sorry, Juan. I don't mean to say anything about your guy. I'm telling you. Wait, is your guy Scott? I don't know. I just know that I'm a free agent and I'm not the face of the franchise. I'm not the number one priority because Peter Seiler said you are. Hold on one second. I see Peter in the hallway. Hey, Peter, it's Juan. We got a big year coming up. I'm about to be a free agent in 2025. Is there any way that I'm gonna be your top priority? Well, listen, here's the problem, Juan. You are definitely gonna be our top priority along with Shohei Otani, along with anyone else we can possibly sign because we want our payroll to be a billion dollars. However, what if there's a salary cap? 
then you may be in trouble and we may be in trouble. We can't let there be a salary cap, which leads us to a salary cap. During spring training, Tony Clark of the union goes around to every single spring training camp and meets with the players. Michael Hill and various other people in the commissioner's office go around to every spring training camp and meet with all the players. A lot of player meetings in spring training. Don't forget lotion. We don't want you to get sunburned. And please make sure you show up even if you're sick in the morning and we'll send you home if you got COVID or something else. But make sure you come every day. Except for you, Bryce Harper. You don't have to come at all. But everybody else, come every day. Tony Clark has these meetings. They're very private. Very private. I was never able to sit on any of them, of course, but even like clubhouse staff can't sit in. When Tony Clark comes, you're in. Tony Clark meets the media and boy, did he have a few things to say. Why? Because for the first time in years, not decades, not centuries, it's only been years because I hate to call back to the last collective bargaining agreement, which was a complete disaster nightmare scenario due to all the things that were going on with the lockout and COVID, everything else. But we have labor peace in baseball. The whole point of a five-year collective bargaining agreement is to live in peace and not talk about baseball economics because fans and sponsors don't give a flying rat's pituitary gland unless it's costing them games and pleasure and ability to gamble and play fantasy. Five years of peace will start negotiating. It's sort of like running for re-election when you get elected president in your first 100 days. Why would you do that? No one does that. Take your first 100 days and try to get some stuff done. The midterms are coming soon enough. Then you're gonna have to worry about re-election soon enough. So it's all gonna happen in time, but not today. But baseball is totally screwed because they're already starting collective bargaining negotiations in the media, which is the worst place to do it. You had baseball doing the economic reform committee, which we talked about, and which of course the media was gonna ask Tony Clark about. And Tony Clark, when asked, had the perfect quote. Let me be clear, we're never going to agree to a cap. Let me start there. We don't have a cap, we're not going to agree to a cap. Forgetting the fact that you should never say never, which you never should say. They're talking about a salary cap. Why is Rob Manford thinking about a salary cap in baseball? I'm looking at you, Stevie, and I'm looking at you, Petey. The, what the cones? You can wipe it if you want. We're live Monday morning. You don't need to wipe it. Four, six, nine. We're talking about the Mets, Steve Cohn, the Padres, Peter Seidler, spending in insane amounts with reckless indifference toward the ramifications on the game, getting great, great press. As a matter of fact, Tony Clark in front of the media complimented Peter Seidler. Here's a little hint, Pete, in case you didn't know, and you're not even new to the game, you sort of are new to being a controlling owner. When Tony Clark or anyone in the players union says that you're the best owner in baseball, news alert, you're not. It means you're getting taken advantage of by the union. Now, all of you cynics out there are gonna say, what's wrong with being a boss who's the most popular boss with his employees? I don't mind being respected by employees. I don't mind being liked by some employees, not liked by others. 
But when it comes to money and negotiation and collective bargaining agreement, make no mistake, friend or foe, we're in a negotiation. And if you are putting a fish hook, if you are putting a fish hook in my mouth like I'm Steve-O and feeding me to the sharks like I'm Chum, I don't want to be in that position because it means I'm bad at my job. So Tony Clark is out there saying how great Pete is. The commissioner's office is saying the opposite. The San Diego Padres with the signing of Machado, with the rumor that doesn't come from nowhere, this doesn't take them out of the Otani market and it doesn't stop them from signing Soto. You think the media made that up? If you're the San Diego Padres and you have just signed Machado, you wanna make sure that there's love in your clubhouse. So you gotta make sure it's very clear that you are gonna focus on Juan Soto at the appropriate time to bring him back. You don't want him saying, no, I'm a lame duck here. So you're gonna leak that out. And then you definitely wanna be, if you're gonna be in the conversation for Aaron Judge and you're gonna wanna sign Trey Turner and you're gonna offer them tons of money and watch them go elsewhere and pivot to Xander Bogarts and then have the opt-out totally work against you if you're dealing with Manny Machado. Of course, you want to be in the Shohei Otani market. Therefore, you're also going to leak out there, oh, they're still serious about Shohei Otani. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball looks at the Padres and says, what's going on? We're forming an entire committee and we're talking about doing a salary cap because I've got 20 owners who are wondering what you're doing, Pete, because you're losing money. Go ahead, Jeff Passon, bring it on. The San Diego Padres are losing a fortune this year operationally. Now, you can write the checks all you want, but they're losing money. And the rule in baseball, something called the debt service rule, says that the amount of debt you can have on your team is a formula based on the amount of EBITDA you have earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization before your eyes glaze. If that number is not positive, you're gonna have a hard time making money. And if that number is negative and you're only allowed debt as a multiple of a negative number, that means zero. And believe me, the Padres have debt, which means Major League Baseball can tell the Padres you're in violation of the debt service rule. They can say to the Padres, you have got to fund your losses, not by taking on debt, but by writing a check. Come on, Pete, bring in the checkbook, come into the office and meet us, bring it. We don't take credit cards. No, we don't. Well, wait, do you wanna pay the 3% fee? Yes, we have a cash price and we have a credit price, but we're not covering the fee. You're losing $49 million, making up the number, but believe me, it ain't 20. And yes, they're sold out. Yes, tons of FanFest people. Yes, a waiting list for season tickets. And yes, a loss. So the commissioner has a unique opportunity to try to put the brakes on Peter Seidler. Because at some point, even rich people don't like writing checks, even Steve Cohn. So it's gonna be very interesting what happens now. And the reason I'm slightly despondent is that there has been no first 100 days, quote unquote. The reason Tony Clark is talking about the fact we're never gonna have a salary cap is he knows the Economic Reform Committee is about trying to get in a salary cap with a lower salary floor than what the players union would want. The reason why a salary cap can actually work is as I've told you, in the players union, 
There's an executive council of players, call it eight. There's 30 player reps. Those are the ones who have a vote. The player reps for a team take a poll of all of the players on the team when deciding whether to vote for a collective bargaining agreement. Wait for it. The player reps who are taking the vote of all the players on the team, that's 26 guys. Spoiler alert, the number of people impacted by a salary cap are the Machados of the world, the Turners of the world. Do you know how many middle-class and lower-class players there are? And I don't mean economically, I mean in terms of baseball economics, who would be very happy to have a cap if they could guarantee that all teams are gonna compete with a certain level of salary and putting a cap on the number of years and on the total amount of money that goes to the best players. You're talking about the elite elite. We're talking about the tax on billionaires. We're talking about it in Washington now. The Joe Biden comment, whatever you think about him in State of the Union, is it right that billionaires pay fewer dollars in taxes than a teacher or a firefighter? Well, conceptually, that makes sense to me. Whether it's reality or not depends on if you know any teachers or firefighters or if you know any billionaires. I happen to know both, all three actually. And guess what? That statement's right. Therefore, if you're a player not making as much money, you're okay taking money away from the players who are making all of it and letting it trickle down just a little bit to the rest of us. It's gonna be fascinating to follow this and follow it we shall. All right, Coca. Ooh, I binged the entire drive to survive. We're gonna review season five when we come back and then I'm gonna talk about what's going on with these new baseball rules and begging all of you to just take a breath. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. We got to get that coca for nothing personal. Can we have that that we're certified fresh for doing live shows? I think we should. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. If you're listening to this, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. So forget it. But if you're part of the Nothing Personal with David Sampson morning live crew, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hit subscribe, please. Drive to Survive dropped on whenever. This weekend sometime, Friday maybe, whenever it dropped. I immediately watched nine of the episodes, watched the 10th one yesterday morning. And uh, let me give you the review of season five, which goes through the 2022 F1 season. And let me then give a tiny little message to the Netflix executives. Drive to Survive season five is the second best season I've seen after season one because that's when I fell in love with F1. The stories in season five, the drama 
in season five. All of it is spectacular. They got Max Verstappen to talk again. Lewis Hamilton's back, but they're not really the main focus. There's a lot about the principles of each team. If you, any show that starts in the Dolomites, that's my kind of show. Any show that has a lot of Gunther, you got a little McLaren, you got a little Ginger Spice, you got a full collection of amazing races, good crashes, great pit work, some bad weather, how they drive in the rain. And in baseball, when we get a little tiny drizzle, bring out the tarp. These guys are going to hundo and they can't see squat. When it rains like that in Florida, all you see are hazard lights and you're going five miles an hour on the, in the right lane, if not pulling over. No, Formula One, you're going to hundo. Hey, I can't see. Is that the worst thing that you can say when you're driving a Formula One car to your guy in the pit? Hey, by the way, I can't see. Um, all right, not great. Here's the message to Netflix executives. What you have with Drive to Survive, and I totally understand why you want to do full swing and break point, and you want to find as many copycat things of Drive to Survive because it's been the most unbelievable economic driver for Netflix, for F1. Brilliant. What makes Drive to Survive, Drive to Survive is something called character development and characters and drama and interest and surprise and intrigue. You can't make that happen. You can't script it. Now, people who watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or all the other Real Housewives could say, well, wait a minute. People who watch Survivor can say, Samson, they don't script it, but they tell you that guy hates you, that guy says you smell, and that girl says, no chance. Go talk to them to tell them that you showered in the ocean, that there's a chance you're gonna win, and that, hey, you're single. Full swing and break point just are not drive to survive. You may want to check it out. Season five, start at season one and watch the buildup. And build up it does. All right. <sighs> a Major League Baseball game in spring training ended in a tie because the final batter was called out for violating the eight second rule where a pit where a batter has to be ready to go. And you're seeing the video right now. The Red Sox are ready. They're ready to throw a pitch. The countdown is coming from 20 seconds down, but the rule is the batter has to be ready in the hitting position with eight seconds on the clock. And when the hitter's not ready, it's a strike. And when there's two strikes, it's a third strike. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile, game over. Walk off the field. People losing their minds. Umpires shrugging. People despondo. Everybody breathe. A regular season Major League Baseball game is not going to end on a pitch clock violation. A regular season baseball game is not going to end on a batter's clock violation. A postseason game is not going to end on either of those violations. N-G-T-H. Doing it in spring training is purposeful. In order to get people to follow rules, you have to shock them into what it means if you don't follow the rules. In order to make something a deterrent, you better make sure there's a punishment. Once a team gets walked off by the umpire, the manager and the GM walk into the clubhouse and they say, we told you so, you heard what Mike Hill said. These rules are going to be enforced. 
you might as well follow them. This is going exactly according to plan. Secondly, secondly, game times. Everyone is patting themselves on the back. This is so awesome. Game times are two hours and 18 minutes, two hours and 32 minutes, two hours and 15 minutes. These rules are working great. God bless the commissioner's office. Baseball is now fixed. It's spring training. Let me assure you that game times will go down this year from three hours and six minutes, which was the average last year. But if you think they're going down to two hours and 30 minutes, I've got the Andrew Cuomo bridge I'd like to sell you. It's the Mario Cuomo bridge. Maybe it's the RFK bridge. Eh, whatever bridge. Do you want it? Game times are going to decrease, not because of the pitch clock. As a matter of fact, if you actually saw the papers from Major League Baseball, they would give you the number of pitchers who violate the 22nd pitch clock, who violate the 15 second pitch clock, and then you'll find it's not as many as you think. And then you'll realize that hitters can get in the box with eight seconds left, and all of the lack of shifting and all the other stuff that's going on, it's going to help action because that's what it was meant for, pace of action. We want stuff happening during a game. We want singles, doubles, triples. We want runners stealing bases. If in fact we can get down to two hours and 45 minutes, that would be a Christmas Chanaka miracle. But all of this talk about what happens in the first few games of spring training, stop it. It's like looking at a spring training result and saying, I told you my team stinks, or looking for confirmation bias the other way. Look at our good pitching staff. You think the Marlins are despondent with Johnny Cueto because he gave up five runs yesterday? No. Should they be despondent because Johnny Cueto gave up five runs? Yes. Not because he gave up five runs though. Because you could have had Pablo Lopez still. So as we proceed forward here, I just want you to look for a lot of player violations. Look for a few other quotes like Manny Machado had a good one. He was the first one who got a strike called on him. The first spring training game, it was Manny Machado because he wasn't ready within the eight second time frame. So when you're looking at the pitch clock, pitchers have 15 seconds to go, but the last eight seconds have to be the hitters ready to go. Manny wasn't ready, got a strike called against him. And he said, I'm gonna have to make a big adjustment but get ready, I might be in an 0-1 count a lot this year. It's super fast. It's definitely an adjustment period. It's not. Being ready to be in the batter's box and in the hitting position, ask Giancarlo Stanton how to do it. It's pretty easy. Just stay in the box and be in the hitter's position. Get yourself a new routine. Call up Nomar Garcia Parra and ask him whether or not you can put the batting gloves on and off, tap the plate and do all those things while you're still in the box and just start a tad bit earlier. Trust me, you can do it, I promise. It's all gonna work out. You know what didn't work out? My Sunday pick of the Mavs money line over the Lakers. That did not work out at all. For the first time in, what, 20 years, the Lakers came back from a deficit like that. I'm sitting watching the game saying, I'm going to sweep this weekend with my picks of the day. The Warriors, nine and a half over the Rockets on Friday night was brilliant. It was perfect. 
back to back, they crushed him. If you're playing the Rockets, bet against them. Meaning if you're playing against the Rockets, bet with the team playing against the Rockets. They're going for Victor, remember? So we won Friday. Saturday, we had the Celtics money line in Philadelphia. That was good. Jason Tatum with a three for the win. Joel Embiid with a seven for the tie. Just a tad late. Check the video if you don't have it. It was insane. Joel Embiid after the three for the Celtics taking the lead on Saturday night. He whipped the ball three quarters court. It went swish and he didn't do it in time because he didn't want, by the way, the 0 for 1 in his three point stats. Why not? Who cares? Maybe he tried to beat the buzzer. Could have done a little faster. Celtics win, we're 2-0, everything's coming up roses, and I've got Kyrie Irving and Luka up by 76 points. Now the Lakers came back to win. All right, here's our pick today. Have you seen how hot the Knicks are? I mean, they are H-O triple. Jim Dolan is excited, strumming his guitar, telling you that everything's going great. Tom Thibodeau's plan is working. It's all good. They've won five straight. Here's what's going to happen. They're playing the Celtics tonight. The Celtics are without Jalen Brown. So people are saying, wow, this is the Knicks. The Celtics are coming off their win. They're all going to have a letdown. Nope. If there's one thing you know by being a Knicks fan your entire life is that the Celtics hate the Knicks. The Knicks hate the Celtics no matter what for the rest of time. And if you're not one of the people who prefers Red Holzman over Red Arback, then I don't even want to talk to you. Celtics three over the Knicks. That's the pick. We are 27 and 32. Crawling our way back. Petty. Nothing personal word of the day. Do you want to just start the show over? Dun, 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 dun. Petty. Nothing personal word of the day. It's February 27, 2023. Have you ever seen anyone more petty than Danny Boy Snyder? This is a great story from the weekend. Jeff Bezos rumored to buy the commanders. Jeff Bezos looking to maybe pay $7 billion for a franchise, clearly not worth it. NFL owners thrilled doing this Snoopy dance. This is amazing. All of our teams are going up, up, up. The Broncos get four, six, five from Walton, bringing the next billionaire to go to seven for the commandos. Everything's great. Jock straps are optional. And then we hear word that the athletic reports can be true, may be true, is true if they're reporting it, that Daniel Snyder told his investment banker, Bank of America, hey guys, hey gals, hey everybody. I had to do that because I'm used to saying hey guys and you can't even say it in Survivor anymore. Everybody come on in. Is that, what, that, is that what Danny Boy did to his Bank of America bankers? Everybody, come on in. Survivor debuts on Wednesday, by the way. Survivor 44. Do you know, off the, off the subject, uh, 10 years ago, I turned 45 on February 26th. February 26th happened to be the debut episode of season 28 on Survivor. And that's the episode I was in. And I knew I was eliminated first. And back then, when you were eliminated from Survivor, you had to be in LA because you did media the next day. Hey, tell me, why did you get voted off first? Like, just whatever. They stopped doing all that stuff. You can do it Zoom now. They're not going to fly to LA. So I had a uh, party thrown for me 
in Vegas, actually, on February 26th, the birthday party, and it was a survivor watching episode. What's that called? Not a viewing, a watch party. And so we're watching Survivor and I couldn't tell anyone because you're sworn to secrecy or else you won't get paid the $69 for being voted out first. And God knows I wouldn't want to risk that. So I didn't tell anyone I was voted out first. And uh, and so watching, 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 gets to tribal council, this big party. And it looked, it was so bad. They were like, you got voted out. What? And I said, well, that's why I'm here. I got to be in L.A. tomorrow. Surprise. Anyway, Survivor starts again this coming Wednesday. Ten years. Nine years. Ten years since we filmed. Filmed it in July of 13. It debuted February 26th of 14. And now we're February 26th of 2023. Nine years ago. Petty. I don't even know why that came to my mind, actually. What's going on, Coke, on a random Monday morning? Daniel Snyder called in. Come in, everybody. Come in, guys. I will not sell to Jeff Bezos. Huh? What, what do you mean? I've never heard of such a thing. Why would a seller say that a buyer can't buy? Do you not realize that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post? Do you not realize that the Washington Post is the one that investigated me and broke the story that is complete horse hockey and that is causing me all the problems I'm having and making me sell the team? And you think I'm going to reward Jeff Bezos? And Bank of America says, what? What are you talking about? We have a chance to get $7 billion and you're going to be so petty that you're going to take less money? One second, I got to make a call. Hey, Roger, Dodger, help me out here. I think we can get Bezos to get close to $7 billion and we got to get that number on the books. He wants to sell to somebody else at 6'2 or 6'3? That's ridiculous. Here's what we're going to do. Don't worry, Roger, we've got it handled. Don't worry, Bank of America, we've got it handled. That's what Roger said. If Jeff Bezos does not buy the commanders, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be leaked that Jeff Bezos had bid because the team was worth $7 billion. What a great deal X buyer got at $6.4 billion. We've got to make it very clear that this was about Dan Snyder being petty and having a number, an amount of FU money that he can let $500 million walk out the door. It's crazy. When we were selling the Marlins, can you imagine if we had a personal vendetta against someone and said, we don't want you to bid, I did the opposite. When we had personal vendettas against people, we wanted them to be the high bidder. We wanted them to overpay for the team and then incur all the losses. That's the bright way to do it. Make it so it can't be a good deal. You wanna do something to Jeff Bezos, make him pay 7 billion for the commanders. It's not worth 7 billion. It makes perfect sense. Doesn't it? Certainly does to me. Can you, what, what's he doing? Don't believe it. I mean, listen, I believe that Daniel Snyder would actually do it and that he's that level of petty. But how bad do you have to be? How sociopathic and pathetic do you have to be that you're blaming Bezos on them reporting on stuff that you did? Now, if they were libel, guilty of libel, right? I'm in. If you didn't do any of those things, all right. That's the whole problem. 
if you have a level of self-delusion where you don't even know what you do and what you don't do, it makes it really hard to make good business decisions. And if you know what you did, but yet you want to deflect blame and make it as though someone else made it up, like it's the reporter's fault. It's outrageous. It's actually insanity. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. If it does, we'll revisit it. If it doesn't, we'll revisit it. Like we revisited the February 23rd, 2020, wait to see. Sorry, the February 20th, 2023, wait to see, only a week ago, where we said that Machado wouldn't sign until Otani does. That's a no. Let me give you a yes. C.B. Buckner is going to make up with the St. Louis Cardinals and will be allowed to be the umpire in Cardinals games again. This is a story from this weekend that was awesome. C.B. Buckner, the absolute bottom three in umpire ability. Bottom three. Be without even a discussion or a dispute from anyone. He covers a lot of games in Jupiter. So does Angel Hernandez. The way umpire assignments work, just so you know, when during spring training, when you have umpires who live in the Jupiter area or live in the Phoenix area, they basically get to be where they are. You have ones who live in Tampa, they're gonna do more Yankee games. Ones who live in Jupiter get to do more Jupiter games. That's how you try to do it. That's why you always see Angel Hernandez doing uh, Cardinals games or Marlins games in uh, Jupiter at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. So Ali Marm, Ali Marmel is the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals, goes to deliver the lineup card to C.B. Buckner to start a spring training game. The home opener extends his hand. Good to see you. C.B. Buckner goes, boom. I'm not shaking your hand. Not even realizing that, of course, everyone would see it. It would be a major story. And guess what? Major League Baseball spent the next two days trying to figure out how to fire him. How do we get rid of this guy? I tweeted it to you and it's 100% true. They were looking to see, did he violate his contract? Is there any way we can fire this guy for cause by not shaking Ali Marmol's hand? Is there any way we can find any provision to finally get rid of this guy who's a bad umpire? No. Make sure you read your termination for cause provisions when you sign a contract. They're the single most important provisions, even more so than comp. So instead, C.B. Buckner is going to get Cardinals games because you can't have people questioning the integrity of umpires. You have to know that umpires are not going to take out personal vendettas against cards, against players, against managers. The NBA is very careful if there's a personal issue to not have that referee do a game. They're very careful. Baseball is not going to have that happen. They're not going to acknowledge that this is a personal thing between C.B. and Ali. They're actually going to have a very sort of public rapprochement where they're all going to get together. They may crack open a bottle of wine and then you're going to see it reported that all's well, all's been forgiven. CB is going to have to come out and say that that was not nice of me to do. I shouldn't have done it. I is going to come out and say, don't worry. It was not a problem. I understand it, but we're moving forward. We're ready to move forward. I mean, Christ, when Angel Hernandez apologizes for the behavior of another umpire, you know that that's a problem. MLB is looking into it and investigating it, and they're gonna then come out with everybody doing a Menachem Begin Anwar Sadat handshake. Wait to see. C.B. Buckner will come out. C.B. Buckner will come out and say he was wrong. C.B. Buckner will continue to umpire Cardinals games, including in the regular season. And as they're shaking hands, they'll look right in the camera 
because they won't look at each other and they'll say, it's just business. Sorry about that. It was nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.